Hello, everyone. After a long layoff, the LDB uh, Fantasy Baseball uh, podcast is back. I'm here with uh, Commissioner Matt, and we are going to talk about the AA draft that happened what feels like a million years ago, but was only a little while ago. <laughs> um, and uh, hopefully after we get through talking about the draft in future um, casts, we'll talk about the position series and um, – some other content to get us uh, ready for opening day if it is to happen. So um, let's start off with what do you think of the overall pool this year? Did you think um, there was a lot of talent available or was it a typical year? Uh, so I'll, I'll dive in on a couple of things. First, it does feel like this was a million years ago. It's, it's very weird that this happened like just over, what was this, five weeks ago we finished this up? Yeah. Very strange. Uh, it feels like a different time. Um, yeah, it's true. But you know, so I obviously I I had a bunch of picks in this draft. Uh, I did pretty deep dives into a lot of these guys. I felt like both in terms of high end talent and in terms of depth, this was maybe one of the weaker drafts that we have had in recent years. Certainly, felt weaker mm-hmm. than last year at the very least. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is just a product of. And we've, I think, one is we're just more knowledgeable than we used to be about this. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think we have gotten better at drafting players, and so you know we, and with that combined with the expansion, I think uh, you know we've decimated the pool of minor leaguers a bit more than we have in the past. And mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see if this continues, or if this is kind of a one-year fluke. But this year certainly felt a bit weaker than most. Yeah, just let me pull up um, the first round. Last year, I mean, obviously, we had Franco, Alonzo, Paddock, Mize, Lux, all in the first, you know, Rutschman, all in the first round. Right. Uh, uh, Kalenic, who are now all, like, top ten prospects. Right. I mean, in those first four guys in particular were – there was no one in this draft that was on the caliber of any of the – at the same level as any of those first four guys. That That's you were right. Like, this guy is – not only going to have an impact immediately, or Mize didn't, I guess, but the other three did. Uh, or I guess Franco didn't either, actually. No, but, right. or, or is going to be a superstar down the line. Uh, there just wasn't that guy. I mean, we saw um, Carlson went first. I mean, Carlson, I like Dylan Carlson. Um, you know, he's gonna, he, if, if there's a season this year, he will be playing in the majors. Uh, but I don't. I don't see him as a star. He, I certainly don't see him as an Alonzo or, or Chris Paddock type impact player. Right. right who do you who bat. do you who do you see him uh, like? If what, what do you think his ceiling is? Who would you compare him to? Man, um, I don't know. It, I mean, he's 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 kind of a, a guy who can do a little bit of everything, but doesn't have any one standout trait. I think the stolen bases in the minor leagues are bit of a mirage i'm not sure uh he's gonna be able to keep that up i'm kind of I, I had a comparison at one point um you know but i, I mean i think there, there's concern i think if you look at what what a floor for a guy like dylan carlson could be i mean i don't think someone like cole calhoun is like out of the realm of possibility right. you know just like kind of right. this like average this you know cole, calhoun is a great defensive outfielder who you know it's 25 home runs with a 330 OBP. I think that's in the range of, of right. outcomes, you know, and, and maybe. And that's a guy who generally goes for around the minimum in the draft. Right. Exactly. 
Right. Uh, but in, and there's a higher ceiling than that for sure. I think there's, you know, I think there's the opportunity that he ends up, you know, a, a hot, much higher OBP type with 25 to 30 home runs, 10 stolen bases, you know, just a, a, yeah. just a good hitter. But I just don't see, I don't see superstar with, with Carlson. I see, you know, the kind of guy who may be at, at, at like Michael Conforto, maybe that's probably what you're looking at in terms of a ceiling. Right. Which, you know, he went for 26 million. So it's right. Not... It's, it's not it's something to sneeze at, but I think that's about, oh. that's, that's kind of the best case scenario for a guy like Carlson. Right. So, you know, speaking of Franco, I mean, I had read a little bit about Franco in 2018, and I, I think if I had a pick um, in the third round of the 2018 draft, which I don't remember if I did or if I didn't, but I probably didn't, um, you know, he was somebody that I was at least considering taking a, a shot at. So with that in mind, who is, who do you think of the guys that were taken that could possibly have that level of upside? And looking at guys who went late, yeah, or somewhere in the draft that like people are at least cons- you know at least has a chance of one day being a top prospect in MLB that you know people consider could be a star in the future, but obviously there's risk. Right. I mean, I think I think we look we saw a bunch of guys go. I'm, I'm gonna look at the third round particularly. Yeah. Uh, I think one thing, um, and I I thought like this this information was kind of coming out as we were doing the draft was. Uh, talking about the 2020 MLB draft. And I think we maybe underrated it. I mean, this is being talked about as one of the best draft classes in years in terms mm-hmm. of uh, MLB draft talent. Mm-hmm. And we hit on a few of these guys, but I think we maybe underrated this draft class based on who we took, how many guys got taken and, and who we ultimately took. Um, right. But, you know, I, I look at the guys like that were taking the third round, like a Zach Bean, who's, whose stock was kind of shooting through the roof like as we were drafting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the type of guy who, you know, that's a guy with potential superstar potential. And that, he went to the Dippos, right? Yeah, they, they took him, I think, 42nd overall. Uh, I think <clears throat> uh, Jorvi, the fish fry, took Austin Hendrick, who, you know, sim- similar situation, maybe a better bat. Uh, than than Zach Veen, even though Veen's probably the better overall prospect. I mean, these are the kind of guys that you're looking at. Who even you know, Veen, like a year from now, could be the type of guy who's like a top twenty five, top thirty prospect in baseball. If, mm-hmm. if you know, if this the, this continues, uh, it's going to be a weird year for these guys. I think it's gonna be, they're going to be tough to evaluate because I think we're not really going to see much of a minor league season, and so I don't know how much stock, how much their stock is going to improve between now and next year, but I think you're looking maybe two years down the line as a kind of guy yeah. who be a top 10 prospect. It's going to be pretty wild. I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of probably unregulated videotaping and stuff like who, how, you know, so these guys are still going to practice. I mean, I mean, right, right. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're going to be playing on backfields, but there's, I don't think there's going to be like a legitimate minor league season where no, they I don't have games, so, really. you know, where, they're, where they're playing official games. I mean, Maybe you have like, you know, kind of a ta- every team gets a taxi squad where they have their best guys, you know, guys who might be able to come up and help them this year. But that's probably the, the closest thing you're going to see to a minor league season. I think that's right. So um, guys who are in MLB who kind of fit that bill that I um, had read about include um, Bracho, who's... Um, who's on the Indians and is only 18 years old. Um, and then Marte, right? Nolvi. Mar- yeah, no, 
No, it'll be Marte. It'll also Eric Pena. Also. And Eric Pena. Did Eric Pena get drafted? Yeah, Sean took him third to last pick of the draft. Right. So those guys are kind of um, the possible next Franco's, right? I mean, it seems like Franco is 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 so polished and good at at his age that maybe it'd be hard to compare. Yeah, I mean, I, to I, other guys, but I don't think we're gonna see uh, another guy um, that's that's quite like Franco. I mean, that's just that's just unrealistic that we're gonna see some guy who's you know gonna be the the clear-cut top prospect in baseball for you know, years running. I, I think that's that's unlikely. Uh, I mean, you know, those three guys, they're all very young. Um, I mean, what, Bracho was – or, sorry, Pena was uh, 2019 signee, right? Um, and so, I mean, we haven't seen anything from him. Right. Uh, Noel V. Marte hasn't played in the U.S. yet, even though he was a 2018 guy. He only played in the Dominican League last year. Yeah, he looks right. he looks promising, but again, you know, there's we got we got get him to the United States and, and yeah, and then then we'll see. You know what's interesting is uh, like the Cleveland Indians gave an update I think yesterday about the health of their players, including uh, Emmanuel Clase. Is that how you say his last name? Yeah, Clase or Clase. I don't actually. Yeah, know. who who I picked. And uh, they're like, well, Mercado is is coming along, and Clevenger's coming along. I don't, we don't really know what's going on with Classe because he lives in a remote part of the Dominican Republic and we aren't able to see any film. <laughs> it's 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 going to be a weird thing this season with guys like that. I mean, you have you yeah. have a lot of, especially like the, it seems like a lot of the Dominican guys went back home and then you have a lot of U.S. guys who are like still practicing at the practice facility. Not all of right. them, but some of them are. Right. Um, and so we're going to have, a, when, when if and when the season starts up, it's going to be a, major disparity between like how fit and ready some of these guys are to play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me like, you know, I, I still, I, you know, I've probably been the most optimistic that we're going to have baseball, but it seems like they're really working hard to make it that we will have a season. Right. Um, so if it, I guess in the first round, it kind of went as expected for the first three picks um, what did you think that that was the right order? Did you think that um, uh, Carlson should have gone first, um, or would you have picked somebody who you felt like had more upside? And if so, who would you have picked if you had the first pick? I mean, it's tough. I think you could have really put them in any order depending on what you were looking at. Um, you know, I, th- I think Luciano is the guy who is the most likely to be a. I mean, maybe not the most likely, but the one who could be a superstar. Uh, it seems like you know, he's the bat is just very special, and mm-hmm. um, but he's also years away. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking at a guy who's probably not going to be in the majors for three more years. Mm-hmm. Versus Bohm and, and Carlson, who are you know, if it's season, they're probably playing in the majors this year. And I think to me, I, I put a lot of value on proximity, and even if they're not, you know, superstars, both of those guys I think are going to be valuable contributors. I think I think there's there's a case to be made that Bohm's could be the better fantasy player. I think he's he's got maybe a better bat. His his weakness is defense. He's not a good defensive third baseman. He's probably going to end up having to move to first at some point. But right. you know, I feel like he's he's a guy who who could get on base at a high clip and hit 35 home runs. And and as long as he's playing good enough defense to stay on the field and stay in a lineup, I think he's he he could be the most valuable contributor. 
immediately of that group. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting about him because he was on our um, radar. He was on a lot of people's radar in 2019 and wasn't picked. And it was because he was pretty bad in 2019. Yeah. So so do you think that there's risk for this guy or do you think that he's figured it out and will be most likely will not be a bust? Yeah. I mean, I I think it's, you shouldn't read too much into what a guy does after, you know, in a short season after he was drafted. I mean, there's just a lot that, you know, they're coming off a full college season. They're, you know, they're, they're moving, they're, they're moving to wood bats. There's just a lot of change that goes on. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a small sample. I, I think people maybe overreacted to what happened there. I know Keith Law did not include him on this top 100. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, that, but he, this guy was a guy who was good enough to do, he was the third pick in the draft in 2018. Yeah. Um, I think we, we maybe all overreacted a little bit there and, and probably should have taken him. Yeah, that's probably true. In 2018, maybe not in the first round, but he probably should have been like a second round pick in 2018. Yeah. So after the first three, it was pretty open as to who was going to get picked next. Um, I know I remember talking with you because you picked what six the first time. And, six, yeah. And you, we were kind of guessing at to who was going to be there. And uh, Ryan took the the pitcher you wanted, right? He took a. A screwball from the Tigers. So, what what was it about him that you liked, and did you think that was a good pick for? Yeah, I mean, uh, Scooball is a guy who is, is a bit of a weird profile. He's kind of a he was a bit of a pop up prospect. He's a guy who suffered through. He had a Tommy John in there. He missed a lot of time. I'm trying to remember exactly what his story was, but I know there was an injury that caused him to get drafted lower than he was expected to, and then did not pitch super well when he first came back after the Tommy John. And so this was like the first year that he was fully healthy in a few years. And I guess he was, he was, when he was in college was kind of viewed as a, a at one point, a pretty big prospect and then got hurt and his stock dimmed. But, you know, he's, he's a weird pitcher. He's a lefty. Uh, he's very fastball heavy, but uh, the, the, the readings on his fastball are crazy. Like this is a pitch that moves like insane. Now he has like, like unprecedented movement mm. on it. And um, you know, I think there, there are questions about the secondary stuff and whether such a fastball heavy approach can play in the majors, but it seems like, you know, if the Tigers wanted to be aggressive, he could be in the majors right now as a relief pitcher, worst case, absolute worst case scenario. He's a dominant relief pitcher. And mm-hmm. if the secondary pitchers pitches click into place, you know, this is a guy who's got, do I thought both had proximity and potential ace ceiling, uh, but he's a weird profile. And I think for the fact that he kind of popped up out of nowhere, maybe scared some people. And, and that's why he wasn't maybe as high. I think if he was a guy who was like the third pick in the draft in 2017, instead of when he was drafted, like in the, fifth round or something right and, and he had the season he did in 2019 i think he would he would have been viewed as like a top 10 prospect but he wasn't right, right, right. you got to give the tigers credit for like um their rebuild it seems like they really have a chance to have a good top three between uh mize manning and and Scooball. like um if the, if all three work out they're gonna have a nice rotation yeah absolutely and i think all three of those guys were were had a chance. I mean, I'm not sure how it's going to play out now, but I think had we played a full season, all three of those guys probably had a shot, a good shot of playing in the pitching in the majors. In yeah. 20. So I, I, the, the next guy um, who came up was Corbin Carroll. I think like 
it was a totally fine pick there. I was I I was surprised to see him go early uh, that early. I thought maybe he'd go in the teens, but that's in some ways a respect that the rankings were kind of a little bit um, all over the place, and that's why you know it was an interesting draft. What do you think of Carroll? Do you think that he was the next best guy on the board? Do you think that it made sense for the the fish fry to take him there? I didn't have him as my next best guy, but I don't think it was a bad pick. I had, I had honestly, like, I, I, I really liked Scooball. I had Scooball as my fourth guy, and then I had honestly like a tier of like fifteen guys. Right. And I thought, I thought you could have drafted, you could make a case for really about any of those guys to go right. next. And and Cor- and Carol was in that tier. Yeah. Um, I think Keith Law was particularly high on him, um, but he's he's a guy who I think was maybe a, scouts were a little down on him because he's a kind of smaller guy, kind of a slight frame, but uh, the, the number, you know, the stats don't lie. The exit velocity doesn't lie. This is a guy who um, I think is, is going to be a good major league player. Uh, I don't know if he's ever going to hit for a ton of power, but I think he's got all the other skills and I think there's yeah. enough power in that bat where he could be, you know, he, he would be fine. He could hit 20 home runs. I don't think yeah. And he could run, right? I mean, yeah, he's super fast. I mean, that's that's you know, he's and I think he's a guy that some that some people I think there was disagreement on this, but I think some people view him now kind of in the same tier as uh, as guys like Witt and um, and C.J. Abrams as like some of the top high school guys who were taking this class. I don't think the consensus consensus yet, but I think. You know, with yeah. a full minor league season, it's possible he's he's being discussed in that same breath. Yeah, I've been surprised actually by how quickly um, these guys have moved up the prospects rankings. I don't think we've seen that in the past, where guys like Witt and Patino, well, maybe we'll see from Corbin Carroll too, where they're going to be top twenty-five prospects almost immediately. Like there have been AA drafts where the first round, uh, you know, the first pick, you're getting guys in the 50s and 60s on Law's list. Right. And that hasn't been the case recently, which is kind of interesting. I think it, I think it speaks to that there, there are guys that kind of pop up and um, will immediately make an impact. I just wonder if baseball's um, – we're seeing a trend in baseball where because of how professional the training is from the, from the time that kids are little – they're going to be better quicker than um, in the old days. Yeah, I think I think that's a, that's part of it. I think we have more data mm-hmm. on these guys now than maybe there used to be. I think, um, you know, I'm just thinking of like Bobby Witt, for example. His his numbers on the page for, from playing last year after the draft don't really jump out at you, but you dig in a little bit. You know, we've got minor league exit velocities now. This kid hit the crap out of the ball, and basically, you know, that you know his 320 OBP with three home runs or whatever it was looks a lot better when you realize that you know he was destroying everything. They just had some bad luck. And yeah. So, they, so you, you, we have more data to be able to say like, oh, this guy, you know, this guy is legit despite what this small sample of statistics told us. Right. Right. Uh, and so I think that factors in too. I think that we saw that with, with Carol. I mean, Carol. Part of the reason that uh, he was he, that someone like Law liked him so much is that his exit velocities were way higher than some anyone was expecting for a guy that was kind of as small and slight as he is. Right. Right. And they, they rely on that and they can project out based upon how hard he hits. Right. All right. So what do you think? Uh, and so the, the next pick was yours. You went with a college guy. 
Yeah, right. so exactly. I really liked Austin Martin. Um, if you want, if you want me to talk about Martin yeah, a sure, little go ahead. bit, um, you know, I think Martin. It, it's it kind of depending on where you like. It's either Martin or, or Spencer Spencer Torkelson is is the top bat in this draft. I think Torkelson's maybe the better bat. I think Martin may end up being the better overall prospect mm-hmm. or player. But um, you know, he's he's a guy who. I, again, I, this this speaks, I think, to the kind of lack of realization of how good this draft class was. Like, this is the guy who's being talked about as, like, the number one player in one of the best draft classes in years. Mm-hmm. And he is, I think, just just looks to me like a special player. He reminds me a lot of Anthony Rendon. I mm-hmm. think that's probably the, the comparison that I that I would drop on him. Um, he can he, he can hit, like, I mean, I, what, he, I think he, had, he struck out twice in the college season oh, before really? wow. they shut it down. Like he struck out twice in like 80 plate appearances or something. Uh, another guy who's exit, you know, the power numbers haven't shown up huge, but the exit velocities are, are big. He's fast. He can play a lot of positions. He played shortstop last year. He was playing center field this year. Um, I think he's a guy who fits in nicely into kind of this new MLB where, with more positional flexibility is really valued. I don't think, I think the thought is he's not a shortstop, but he could be a second baseman. He could be a third baseman. He could be a center fielder and he just can do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I, I just thought that honestly, he was maybe a more appealing process. I wanted to hit her after school ball was gone. None of the other pitchers really jumped out at me and yeah. I thought he was maybe the best hitting prospect out there after the top three guys were off. The yeah. Board. Cause Bladey, I thought uh, JJ would be, would go in the in the top four. So what made you choose Martin over him? You just felt like he had more ceiling? Yeah, I just thought there was more ceiling. I like Blade. Uh I, I think Blade is um I think Blade's got a, a really nice potential, you know, on base percentage uh power combo. I think mm-hmm. you know I, th- I think Blade could be kind of viewed the way we're viewing Dylan Carlson in a year. Um but um yeah Martin just seemed like he had a higher ceiling. I mean the hit tool just looks special and you know, he's got the kind of speed you could steal 20 bases a year if, if he ends up on a team that allows him to run. Yeah, which would be great. It's so interesting how few teams, like, are stealing bases these these days. It's it's kind of frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Not a lot of, but, but that, so I don't know. I just, I just thought, I just saw, I think there's some similarities. I mean, I think both guys can really hit. I think Martin just has uh, a ceiling that's a little bit higher. The hit tool looks a little bit more special to me. Honestly. Right. But, Right. So Mark then had four of the next five picks. Yeah, four of the next five picks. Um, He didn't. He didn't. You know, he he had a pretty chill draft. He didn't move around that much. He kind of just stayed where he was and chased the guys that he wanted. Um, I think that uh, you know Rodriguez was the consensus consensus pitcher going in. Right. Um, for the Orioles, and um, you know, I don't, I don't have a sense re- really of how good they expect him to be. Like, this, do you think Rodriguez has ace potential? Is he more like a two-three kind of guy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think Rodriguez is is both a potential ace and also the kind of guy that I would not have drafted at what seventh overall. Um, you know, I think. He's a guy with a lot of he's, – he's a big guy. He throws real hard. He's got a lot of secondary pitches. Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm putting together this list of busted prospects, and mm-hmm. uh, so many of them were like Grayson Rodriguez. They're 19, 20 years old. 
they look like they have all the potential in the world, but they're several years away from the majors and something goes wrong, injuries or, or some usually injuries. Yeah. Uh, when a guy has that long to go and also a lot of development left, they're risky. The ceiling is, is massive, but you know, these guys just busted a, a massive, but I, I, I actually really like the other three guys that Mark took a lot. Like, I like Roshan's, I like yeah. JJ Bleday. Uh, like Brandon Davis, all a lot. I would have taken them all over Grossman. Yeah, gr- both um, Groshans and Davis, I thought, you know, were high ceiling guys that right. should that that I figured would go in the first round. But they, you know, they, either of them could have slipped a little bit. But Mark picked them up, and I thought that both were, you know, they, they, those were wise decisions. Um, yeah, I, th- I think Brennan Davis, if you want to talk about a guy who who could be a top 10 prospect. Yeah. Year, you know, Brennan Davis, the, he's, he was the kind of guy, um, I don't remember the exact details, but um, big time athlete was drafted, I think, late first, early second round in 2018. Mm-hmm. And came out, came out and just was a much more polished player than anyone expected him to be right out the gate. Mm-hmm. And you see that when you have a guy who's like a re- you know, big time athlete, I think he was a college basketball recruit. And turned down a, a, a big time college basketball scholarship to. Oh really? Uh, I didn't. Play in the oh, Lions. I think I did know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I always. Yeah, I mean, guys like that who who hit right out of the gate like he did, like that's that's something to take note of mm-hmm. because when a guy's not expected to do that, that you know, it's an indication that something special might be brewing there. Yeah. So um, then you picked um, Urquidy in the middle of that, who has a slot in the. Astros rotation. Um, did you trade into that pick? I forget. Yeah, I traded up. I had I traded up from fifteen or something, yeah. something like that. Um, I really like Rikidi. I think he's uh, he was maybe a bit underrated by the prospect community just based on the numbers mm-hmm. out there in terms of um, the stuff that he showed last year. I I actually asked this question to Eric Loggenhagen, and, and, and he answered me about this: is that a guy like that? I think doesn't fare as well maybe on prospect lists because he came out of nowhere and there's not a lot of pedigree. And so there's concern that maybe he can't sustain what he showed last year in the majors. But I think the pitcher that he was in the majors was much better than a guy who was probably ranked like in the nineties consent as a consensus prospect. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he can maintain this, I think he's a, you know, that's a that's a third starter in the majors with some upside, and and that's to me that was a steal at the tenth pick. But you know, it's, there's risk that he 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 can't keep this up. That the one this one year breakout was a mirage to some extent. And if that's the case, then this it was like a bad pick. But right now, I feel pretty good about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think like especially given that you didn't have that much money, it makes sense that you could get guys who are close who might be able to play for you to fill out your roster. Right. Yeah, I mean, this, the projections love Arkady. I mean, he's, he's mm-hmm. a guy who I think the projections had of like a $15 million start a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, will, which will, you know, then it'll obviously pay for itself if, if that works out. Right. Um, you know, and, and the fantasy guys like him too. I mean, I've seen him ranked as high as like late forties among starting pitchers. He's probably more consistently like in the late, in the early sixties, but yeah, that's, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, Cabrera on the Marlins, um, also kind of is a newer guy on prospect list. I was kind of surprised to see him go in the first round, but 
the reaction of when he was picked was, oh, man, I was hoping that guy would be there. So that makes me think that uh, people really like him. I had my eye on him. I, I wanted him at 17, actually. I told Josh that. I thought he would be there at 17. Yeah, a few people said to me, oh, I'm really disappointed that I couldn't get my hands on him. Um, I guess he, had, another a, guy. he had a huge he, breakout, right? Like between yeah. high and double A, he had less than a one whip. He had a 2.23 ERA, so it makes sense. Yeah, he's another guy He's kind of he's who seems like, you know, like a trick screwball who – Worst case scenario, he's going to be uh, a high leverage relief pitcher um, and and has maybe a ceiling. I think, and also is not far from the majors. Um, I like I had them kind of for the same reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know the kind of thing where if he can sustain these games that he showed last year, um, then then we might have something special here. And, and and I when I'm looking at pitching prospects, I want a guy who's performed in Double A. And both of, that's why I like both those guys. I think they're they're, they're guys who made it to Double A and, and show that they could they were legit. Uh, I think until a pitcher gets to Double A, I'm skeptical. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Um... It seems to me like really in in minor league baseball, double A is where you become a pitching a real pitching prospect. Like triple A, if you're in triple A for too long, it's not a good sign in base in when you're a pitcher. Right, right, exactly. It's kind of like if you if you get to double A and you can succeed, you can probably make the jump to the majors. Yeah. that's kind of like that seems to be how how it works for these guys. Yeah, but I think like Mackenzie Gore is probably going to be in the majors before too long. Yeah, no question. Even though, even though he's only pitched what they may only made like ten starts at Double A or something like that. So, the Angels, you got to be excited about their their outfield of the future between Adele, obviously Trout, and then Brandon Marsh and Jordan Adams. Marsh was somebody who hung around in 2019, probably should have gone last year, and then dropped again to 13 uh, for Nate, which I thought it was a nice pick. Yeah, I like Marsh. Um, I I think I wrote him up as as my best undrafted guys in two straight years, <laughs> that's twenty seventeen and twenty or sorry twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I don't know why exactly he's been overlooked. I think the numbers have been a little underwhelming. Um, he's he's fast. He gets on base, and he's another guy who the exit velocity numbers kind of show that there's more power than what he's shown in terms of home run numbers. And especially in the second half of last year, if I remember correctly, he started to hit some home runs. Um, I think the, the weirder question for Marsh is like, where does he play? Cause that, you know, that, that's a team with a lot of outfielders now. He seems like he's behind Jordan Adele. Trout's obviously not going anywhere. They still have Justin Upton in their contract for a bunch of years. Um, it could be tough for him to find some playing time if he ends up staying with the Angels. No question. That's true. I mean, I think the Angels really have to do something on their – they have to do a lot on their major league team in the next couple of years because if, if Trout doesn't, like, get into a World Series, it would be a real shame. And so I think that they should really try to, you know, do what they can to – ensure that he gets guys around him. And I think that it would make sense to trade some of these prospects. Yeah. Or, or, you know, if they're ready to, to kick these guys like Albert Pujols to the curb, yeah. who are not helping the team. I mean, 
you know, Marsh and Adele are both big athletes, good good defensive players. Mm-hmm. Maybe Justin Upton, maybe Justin Upton plays DH most of the time. Uh, he's getting older. He's he, he's coming off the season that was kind of ruined by injuries. Maybe you want, want to preserve him a little bit and, and have him be your primary DH and just be like, sorry, Albert Pujols, you're yeah. done. I mean, how many more years on the Pujols deal? I don't know how how close are we? Let to me see. The I can deal? figure it out. But while I'm looking that up. Uh... What do you think of Jeter Downs? I like Jeter Downs. Um, I don't know. It's, he, he's, uh, you know, it's weird to have a shortstop for the um, the Red Sox named after Derek Jeter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, you know, he's a guy, he's a guy the Dodgers seem to have had seen something, seen, seen something in when they went out and got him from the Reds. And then he became a much better prospect very quickly. Had a huge offensive year last mm-hmm. year. Um, I don't think – I think that ultimately the thought is he's not going to stay at shortstop, but I think he's the guy can really hit. Yeah. And, and you know, he'll probably stay on the infield even if he's a second baseman. Yeah, it was, from what I understand, he's not a very good defensive player. Right. So the bat has to play if he's going to make it. But, you know, obviously his name came, comes up a lot because he was traded twice already. Right. I mean, I think he 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 was fine at fourteen. I felt like he could have gone as high as six or seven. Right. He was in that group of, of like fifteen guys that I was talking about. Yeah. Was, you know, right. Right in there. Two years left on the Pujols deal, by the way. Yeah, I just saw that. I was going to say this. I mean, that's not terrible. <laughs> Two more years. Yeah. I mean, it was. It ended up being so bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was just it did not does not work out the way that they they that what that you know that that all of those signings you know they they got um. Josh Hamilton didn't work out. Um, who who was that other guy that um, that they signed for big money? I forget. They signed like uh, three guys on the same day. Yeah, yeah. It's Wilson. Really interesting thing about Josh Hamilton the other day, and um, or, or or someone referencing Josh Hamilton. Kind of forget which player was talking about, but how. The the Josh Hamilton profile. Josh Hamilton was like a kind of a bad ball hitter, yeah. a guy who um, did not have a lot of plate discipline, and like the, that that plate that profile is like the worst aging profile of any kind of player. Yeah, because you, your bat speed slows down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's all about bat speed, and and you, and he he lost the bat speed, and he was done. Yeah, maybe his name was Casey Wilson. He was a, he was like a the third. He was like a pitcher. Oh, see, wait, and there was, was CJ Wilson. Yeah, maybe that's who it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, they there were some weird deals. They, if they, yeah, they they made some some questionable decisions. They're finally kind of getting past that now, and they have farm system. So hey, maybe maybe they can figure this out. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I understand the impulse. Marino wanted to win. He has the money to win. Right. Um. So let's finish out the first round and then talk about what we felt like were the most interesting or exciting picks in the later rounds. And then I'd also want to talk. About... I, I actually have to go in three minutes. I okay. have to get out of the work call, but <laughs> right. we can finish out the first round and then we can maybe do a part two. of <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense. That works for me. So um, I jumped in there to get Logan Gilbert. Gilbert to me was someone who I really had my eye on. There were a lot of prospect lists and drafts that had him very high. Um, I don't know if he has ace potential, but it seems like he's pretty safe to be an SP2 or an SP3. Uh, what do you think of him? I feel the same way. I, mean, that's, I think that's, that's a great description. I like Gilbert a lot. You know, Another guy who's pitched in double A uh, and succeeded, and I like to see that uh, with pitching prospects. 
Um, again, I don't, I don't know that he's going to be an ace, but I think, you know, I think you're right. I think he's an SP two, three worst case scenario. Uh, he looks very polished. He looks like he's got good stuff, good command, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of what you're looking for. I, I hope Seattle can develop these guys. They seem like they got a lot of, a, a lot of good prospects at the top of that system. Yeah, I know. Turn them into good major leaguers. I really hope so because the the box have bought in between him and Kalenic now. So <laughs> I hope so. So the last last guy in the round was uh, Tristan Casas. Um, you didn't like that pick. No, I did. Oh, I you liked the pick? Okay. Casas. Yeah, I, I I was I was another guy like Cabrera. I, really, all these guys. I was really annoyed because they were all guys at seventeen that I I wanted. Uh, Gilbert. Gilbert as well, mm-hmm. and Casas was like the last guy on my list. And um, you know, first the, the first base profile is always risky because the guys have to hit. But when I don't know, I feel like when a guy is being touted that highly, when he's a really just a bat first guy, it's a good sign that there's something special with the bat, um, mm-hmm. even though he's a couple years away and doesn't have much defensive value. Tells you there's something going on there. Yeah, and they think that he, that the bat's going to play. All right. Well, given you have to leave, which which was your favorite pick of uh, the first round, or which I think, or least, I mean, at least favorite. I, I think I like the Brandon Davis pick yeah. at eleven. I think like he the, the upside there is just so huge. Yeah, and um, I think he could you can make an argument for him to go you know, like fifth overall. Uh, I mean, least favorite pick is also from Mark. It was a Grayson Rodriguez pick. I I I, I would have taken you know in terms of pitchers, I would have taken Scooball. I would have taken Arkiti. I would have taken Gilbert. Maybe Eduardo Cabrera over him too. It just it's just not a profile I want mm. to spend the sixth. I don't I don't think he's a, I think it's a, he's a bad prospect. I think he he's worthy of drafting. I think he was to me he was probably a second round pick. Right. But but that's just that is, he's just not the kind of guy I want to spend to take that high. On. Right. I I also give a tip of the hat to Nate for Marsh at thirteen. Mm-hmm. I think that if he dropped yeah. much further. You know, we would have all been clamoring to get to that spot to get him. So, um, and then I, I don't, I don't really have a least favorite um, in the first round. I mean, guys, there were guys who I thought maybe could have gone from the second round that ended up going in the first, but nothing that I that I hate. Oh, yeah, I don't think there were any really bad picks. Right. I, I mean, even Rodriguez was—I think he was drafted a lot too high. But right. Yeah, I think that's that's fine. I think there, the the tear break clearly came for me like right around the end of that round. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I had I had a lot of I can and yeah, we're talking about pick seventeen. I had a lot of trouble with that pick. I wasn't sure who to take and kind of set a lineup in white, and then quickly decided I didn't really want it in white and trade him away <laughs> for five million dollars. Right, that's pretty good. Yeah, and, and, and Nick Solak, who I like just as much as Evan White. All right. <laughs> and who I almost took. <laughs> so let's uh let's pick back up next time and talk about the the back half of the draft. Have a good work call, buddy. I'll talk All to right. you soon. Thanks, man.